Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett. Today, we are going to talk about uh, grieving for old co-workers. Uh, not necessarily around death, but uh, maybe we'll touch on that as well. But like what happens when your co-workers leave and, uh, you know, you've been spending all this time with them and now they're gone. Uh, what do you do? So, Brissell, I, I think this is a, a great topic. And honestly, like before you had sent me the uh, email about it, it's something that I guess I always thought about in my, like subconsciously, but I never really had direct thoughts about it. So I, I'm very uh, excited to have the conversation about it today. I am too. And it's something that I have real world experience with. So I, it's near and dear to my heart. And I, you know, I, as I said to you, you know, often we think about grief and loss. You think about that in terms of, you know, gun violence or some other kind of significant violence. But when you think about this in the workplace, you know, it is just now that organizations are touching on creating policies and practices in place for people who have lost in the workplace, you know. Um, so I think that it's very appropriate that we talk about this. And in in my instances, I said to you, you know, like, so in 2020, um, my employer um, called me in a Zoom meeting, a 10-minute Zoom meeting to tell me that my position had been eliminated. Hmm. And no prep in advance. I wasn't aware that it was coming. And, you know, it was just like this. And at the time, COVID had just hit. So, you know, most of us know that COVID really took hold in 2020. And the organization that I work for, the president had just said, you know, we're doing a hiring freeze. So we're not hiring any people, but anybody that was in place would not lose their jobs. Well, that was not my experience. Um, yeah. um, but fortunately for me, I had good relationships with people. So I was able to transition to another part of the organization. But you know, it, I didn't stay long after that transition. So I, I left the organization in its entirety. But as I said to you, you know, like of all the relationships I had and probably at Duke, I probably knew people all throughout the entire organization. I only maintained relationships with three people. And you were one of those people, you know, that I stayed. And the stress of that loss was palatable. I mean, I I, it was like I had lost a part of my body. You know, I had lost so much because I had relationships with people I talked to every day, you know, whether we were in Teams or Zoom, you know, every day we were interacting with people. You know, you and I talked about this, you know, we just did an all things open um, presentation and we talked about belonging, you know, like, you know, reaching across the aisle, you know, we had relationships that went, you know, all different ways. You know, the loss of that is significant, you know, so... Drew, have you experienced a workplace loss in your career? So I, uh, there have been a couple deaths of coworkers. Uh, none, none were immediately close to me. So I've been, I've been very like blessed in in that regard. Uh, but I mean, I have, when we're talking about the non-death losses, like people leave, like there are like many. I can think of like a few just off the top of my head where I'm like, this person left Duke, and like I don't know, I I consider them a friend and still consider them a friend. You you being one of them. And like, it's sort of, it's sort of heartbreaking when they leave, because no matter what, you're going to be talking to them less, like, 
uh, I'm still in touch with people that have left Duke that like I can I still consider like close friends. But when you're not working together every day, like you just you end up not talking to them as much. And many people who I also considered friends uh, have left. And then I've done a bad job at keeping up with them. You know, like it's uh, somebody leaves and you think like, oh, well, we're going to we're still going to like talk maybe not every week, but we'll talk every month or, you know, we'll email back and forth. And then things come up and like it just doesn't happen. And you really have to put in work to make it happen. And it's, and it's hard. And I guess one thing I'd never thought of before, a lot of times when I think about grief, um, I think about the, like, grief is really about sort of the, when you're thinking about death and grief, it's really more on the survivors, because, you know, the person who's dead doesn't need to grieve, doesn't need to grieve for themselves. But uh, when we're talking about people leaving jobs, that's grief on both ends. It's the grief for the person that's leaving that they're having to live with. And it's the grief for the, uh, for their coworkers who uh, are sticking around and now have to deal, you know, with a, with a hole <laughs> in the environment. Like, I think not to be callous, but like, I, I think it's easy, not necessarily easy to replace everybody at work, but a lot of positions at work, I think can be maybe not easily replaced, but can be replaced, but not every position. And there's, I mean, I can, again, I can think of a lot of folks that have left and it's like, well, we're never going to get somebody that good again. Like that, that is just gone. And I don't mean good as like, they're highly technical. I mean, good as in they're good friends. They're good uh, people to work with. They're like, uh, you know, the the peak of good, uh, I say coworker, but I really mean, you know, friend, because we are all here for, you know, business and to make money, but we're all talking to each other. I mean, longer in the day than you know we're talking to our families and that's uh it's a big part of our lives and it's I'd never really thought about it as grief before but it actually like it it really is like this person is now going to be more or less excised from your life uh unless you go in and like do the hard work of keeping up with them but but I, I think there's two parts to what you just said right I don't think it's quite so easily to replace someone I think organizations do a pretty poor job of thinking about that. We think about the technical skills. So can the person program in Python or can the person, you know, secure our environment and you, we check off that box so we can hire that person. But I don't think we think about the personal part of it. Right. So, you know, we're hiring the whole person, you know, and so that's one of the problematic parts of grief and loss, you know, so we, we, we built this person, you know, we've, we've hired the technical skills of this person. And, you know, maybe we, 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 we've conditioned this person to fit in our environment well, and they become an integral part of our workplace. And then that person moves on to someplace else, because, you know, as we talked about this at all things open, you know, many times when someone leaves our organization on their own accord, they're leaving because something in the environment was not right. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. More times than not, people do not leave jobs for money. Mm -hmm. They leave jobs for other reasons you know maybe they leave for, for prestige maybe they leave for you know you know a better opportunity but rarely is it because of money so what have we created in our environment to make it such that people leave now when the organization says hey you're not a good fit for us anymore then you know that's a whole nother 
part. And that's when the grief and loss becomes even more palatable because so the organization has said, we have kept you here for X amount of time and now you're no longer a good fit for us. And has that organization done a good job of assessing what it may mean for the employees that remain, right? So more times than not, they do not assess the employees that remain. So in other words, did they have a meeting with the remaining employees? And of course, there's a risk to that because the remaining employees might go tell the employee that's getting ready to be relieved, you know, hey, they're getting ready to get rid of you. So, you know, there's a risk to that. But there's also a concern for those employees that they're going to remain and their mental health, their well-being. And organizations don't think about that. They And so after the effect of grief counseling, right? So what kind of grief counseling do they do? Very little. Right. Yeah, you yeah know, I mean, none. <laughs> right. Right. So and then that's the question is, is, do they care about their employees? And more times than not, corporate America, whether it's a nonprofit, for profit, whatever they are, they really don't care about their employees. They figure they do their due diligence when they give you a paycheck. You know, they give you some benefits. But grief and loss needs to be as as important as that paycheck, because mm-hmm. what's going to happen is when you create that sentiment of letting people go for whatever reason, you're sending a message to those employees that are remaining. You know, I could be on the chopping block or I better start looking for another job or something about this environment is not good for me. Yeah. So when they start thinking about this, they need to have policies that are in, that include grief and loss counselors for those employees that are there to make those employees think that this is a good place for me to remain. Yeah, because- no, that, that's absolutely right. I, I mean, I always think uh, like when I see somebody that I thought would never leave, leaving either voluntarily or involuntarily, the first thing I think is like, uh, well, should I be like looking for something like uh, who's next? Like, should I be the next one? Is it going to be the next one or am I going to be the next one? Like what, uh, it, it, it like sort of an, ignites a chain reaction. Right. Absolutely. And I think that in a lot of ways, we are thinking about, you know, where are we in this spectrum, right? You know, and, and you know, in the last few years, you know, tech had almost been bulletproof for job layoffs. We had not seen this in tech. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, it's been a rarity, you know, it's not something that happens in tech. And lately that has been the case. And the, and a part of it is because tech had, Fat and not a lot of fat, but it had fat in ways that you know they created redundancy in positions that they didn't need and safeguards. You know, so if you ran across a really highly technical skilled person, you might have hired that person when you didn't necessarily need that person, Mm -hmm. or you might have you know had somebody you know you knew this person was aging out, or this person may have you know you might have heard a rumor this person was looking for a job. Because I will tell you, it's very hard to keep a secret in tech. You know, oh, yeah, <laughs> very few secrets in tech. So you know, people you know may put on. So, so yes, it makes sense. You know, like big companies like Google and you know those. You know, they did have a, a lot of access. So you know, it made sense that they they got rid of some of these positions. So there's that, but but still. In the traditional ways that we think about tech, there's still not a lot of layoffs in the way that we think about this. But then with that said, you know, we do see that. And, and let me say this. And I'm, I'm So let me just be clear. So if you don't know, I'm a black woman and I'm an old black woman. Black people are first in and first out, you know, last in and first out. We almost always are. If you look at it historically. So when COVID hit, my employer that got rid of my job, almost all of the administrative staff that were 
exiled during COVID were Black females. So that happened. Then there were this small number of Black other people that were exiled. This happened. And if you don't believe racism exists in the employment world, take those blinders off and stop drinking your coffee Black because it exists. It exists. And so when you think about grief and loss for Black people, we have it all the time. And, you know, to go a little bit further, and I'm all going off the rails for a minute, you know, people don't think Black people commit suicide. We do. We have mental health issues just like everyone else. We have just chosen to be tough and not necessarily go to the mental health facilities. And But we are starting to. This grief and loss for us, for Black and brown people, have been as hard as it has been for everybody else. And then with prices being so high, finding another job that pays well has been really hard. So when you talk about grief and loss, it needs to be a universal grief and loss. So when you're an organization and you're letting go of your black and brown people, and let me make it broader, when you're letting go people, you need to think about how that's impacting their families, how that's impacting their communities, and how that's impacting their coworkers that are left behind. So as you think about these things, companies, I'm speaking specifically to companies, you need to think long and hard about how this is affecting all, not just one. And when you're specifically targeting a community, that's really hard to think about for those people and their families. You know, it's really, really hard. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's like, you're absolutely right. And it's, uh, I feel like this is something that is just untouched in the corporate world is like, you know, uh, help for both sides of people that are gone. Like, it's just, I've never, I've never heard anyone even mention it until you brought it up. It's so like far in the, uh, far in the background for most uh, like corporate, uh, I guess offboarding is what I would call it, but that sounds like a horribly clinical name. It is. And uh, believe it or not, companies talk a lot about offboarding. So typically if employee typically leaves, they go through this, uh, exit interview process if they leave on their own accord and everything is good between you and them they leave on their own accord they have this exit interview supposedly tell them something about why they're leaving and all these things and the companies do some mashing of that information to come up with some kind of thing but in reality you know the company is as liable about this exit as it is the employee and whether it's happy or not there needs to be something better about what they do we in the tech organization has have a lot of responsibility to do better about our employees. We owe our employees more than a paycheck and some modified benefits. We pay a fortune for those benefits. If you look at your paycheck of how much you pay for your benefits, (laughs) it's not like they're doing you a great service. You know, (laughs) you pay for those benefits and it's not like if they gave it to you for free. Okay, great. You give me a paycheck and you give me benefits. You're doing no no companies are doing that. Right. They are not. (laughs) So, you know, I'm paying for my benefits and my paycheck, you know, okay, so you pay me X number of dollars. So at the end of the year, my annual review, I'm going to get somewhere between one and 5% and you're going to cheat me out of that because you're going to tax me on that one or five, you know, and if you do what they did a few years ago where they give you this one time uh, bonus, you know, and then you tax me on that, you know, okay, you know, so in reality. (laughs) Companies need to do better about how they treat their employees, especially when you're looking at an environment where you have very qualified people who are working their butts off for you, and you're really going to not have fair 
and equitable places that make employees feel cared for. And you really need to care for people in this day and age that we are. We have a war raging somewhere across the seas. You have politics going awry. You know, it's just absolutely, the cost of living is beyond ridiculous. I mean, you cannot go to the grocery store and buy substantive things, meat, bread, milk, eggs, and spend less than $100. It's outrageous. Who can afford that, you know? I mean, and so organizations owe their employees more than just a paycheck. You need to have every time an employee leaves, especially an employee in your chain, so whether you work directly with that employee every day or employee every day or whether you have contact with that employee regularly, you need to have grief counseling. You need to have people who are there finding out how that employee is dealing with that loss. You need to find out what that employee needs to go on. So when you hire that new person that replaces, you need to have grief counseling there as well. So how would that employee deal with this new person? You know, it's not just a matter of simply saying, oh, well, Tom left. Have a nice day. We're all fit and happy to go on. It's not that way. You know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, what happens when a marriage breaks up. You know, how do the couples deal with the loss of that significant other? Whether you've been married a day or 100 days, 100 Mm -hmm. years, there needs every part of our lives. There's some mental part of that that needs to be cared for. And in the workplace, it's what you said. You know, you spend more time with your coworkers probably a week than you do with your spouse, you know, because think about that. When you wake up in the morning, whether you work at home or whether you go into your office, you're on your computer or in your office, eight, nine, ten, you may spend an hour in the morning with your significant other. You come home at night or get off the computer at night, four or five o'clock. You might spend four or five hours with your significant other, but you spend eight hours or more with your coworkers. Yeah. Every day, and with the exception of the weekend, and maybe sometimes on the weekend. Yeah. And so the loss of that relationship is significant. Yeah. And not even just the time, like thinking through it now, like when I think about, like, I, again, like my logical brain says, Drew, it's work. They're co workers. Go to work with them. Stop working with them. There's a, like, in my brain, there should be a clear switch, but there's really not. Like, I mean, I think about uh, my co workers when I'm not at work. I'll think about them on the weekends. I think about, you know, their personal lives. What are they going through? Oh, I should uh, text this person and, you know, see how they're doing versus like asking them for a work favor. Like it's, uh, I mean, they're, they're friends. I, I would like to say that my coworkers are not my friends, but they are my friends. And even like, uh, it was unthinkable to me that you would ever like leave Duke. And when that happened, it like blew my mind. I was one of those things where like, you know, in my mind, I'm like, you know, Rochelle's going to be here forever. She's like a staple of what it means to work here. And then when you weren't working there anymore, it was very hard. It, I mean, it's still hard for me to comprehend, obviously, but uh, I, I feel very uh, lucky that we got that we continued our relationship as, you know, as far as like we have now. And it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think like if we weren't doing this podcast, I'm sure that we would still talk, but I don't, we wouldn't. I'm pretty sure we wouldn't be talking every week, you know, and it's that that part really makes me sad. Me too. I mean, like, so Dan, Dan Cantrell and I talked uh, when I was at Duke just about every single day. We had lunch two or three times a week. I saw Dan probably more than I saw my husband, if not yeah. as much as I saw my husband. Um, now, I talk to Dan maybe once a month. Um, depending on what's going on, we try to get together as much as we can, but everybody has something else going on. Um, and, and Kevin, 
I mean, Kevin, I talk even less, you know, Kevin, and I, we, every time we talk, we're going to go have lunch. It never happens. Yeah. And, and that's a perfect example of three people that I was extremely close to. I mean, really close to those relationships that fractured and fractured and fractured. I think because we have this podcast and we do a lot together, you know, that we are as close and we stay in touch as much as we do. And I say this all the time, you know, with my health scare of all the people that I know, family, friends, when I was in the hospital, and most of you know, I've said this, I had C. diff and C. diff is a highly contagious disease. All the people I know, one person that was not a member of my family came to see me, and that was Drew Stennett. And I cannot tell you, I'm trying not to cry, <laughs> I cannot tell you how much that meant to me. I mean, you had to put on a, a gown, you had to put on a mask, your whole body covered from head to toe, and you came to see me. You know, that's that's a relationship. Oh, yeah. It's more than just work. It's yeah. more than just this podcast. It's friends. It's like family, you know, but that relationship was built at work. Yeah. So when when you think about grief and loss, you know, I don't think we had to grieve our, our breakup from work because we never broke up. Yeah. But I think that that's a significant example of how important loss is at work when you lose your work relationship with someone. So I, I would just say, you know, organizations owe their employees more than just a paycheck. You know, they owe their employees a method to understand how to separate from each other and how to successfully separate from each other and be mentally well as they do separate from each other. Yeah. So how do you, Drew, think that employers can help their employees separate from each other and still be mentally well? I mean, to me, the, the big thing that comes to mind for me is just talking about it and not pretending that it doesn't exist, right? Like, uh, usually when someone leaves, they leave and you get a message saying like, hey, this person is going to be gone, you know, either immediately or in a month. And then uh, the employee just sort of goes along their own way and has to work through it, you know, with no support. And I, like, I don't know that like there's a crazy, you know, when I say support, I mean, like having somebody to talk to and having, uh, and I think it should even, it should probably be up to the employer to initiate that and like have check-ins with people and be like, Hey, you know, Drew, you work with this person for, uh, 10 years every day. Uh, now that person's not going to be here anymore. Um, what do you think? Right. Like I, that's never happened to me. No one has ever come to me and said like, what do you think about this person not being here anymore? It's, uh, it's just sort of like a, I don't, I don't want to call it a bomb, but maybe like a, a brick they drop on you. And it's just, you know, Hey, here, carry this brick. This person's gone now. Like, good luck. And that's not fair. It's just not very, uh, it's not very human, right? Like we're all humans. We're not just these machines that come in and type on the keyboard all day. If we're, we're all humans. We do our jobs well because we're creating relationships with other people that are also doing their jobs well. And when one of those people is ripped away, like that's pain. That's that rip rips to both sides, both the person that's being ripped away and the people they're being ripped away from. Absolutely. I think that this is such a, a difficult topic. You nor I are in a position to implement policy that 
address grief and loss in the workplace. But I do think employers need to think about this and need to create best practices. The Mayo Clinic has an excellent uh, program that describes how to deal with grief and loss. And I think that that is something that many organizations need to implement. Yeah. I think this is the most we can talk about in this topic. So I think we should end this. But I do want to say, and I've said this many times, I love Drew Stennett. I love Drew Stennett like my child. He is such a wonderful person. And I apologize for getting emotional. But oh, don't, don't apologize for anything, Rochelle. I love you as well. And like when you're talking about the hospital, like being there at the hospital was just as meaning, me, meaningful for me as at, at that. Well, I don't know if it was. At, it, it was incredibly meaningful to be, just be able to be there and talk to you. I like it was it was great. Like that's one of, that's a memory that I will like never forget. Like I've. I feel like we had such good conversation in there and it was great seeing you and just being able to like, uh, just be there and talk to you, you know, like nobody wants to be in the hospital. It's, you know, it, it's good to have, it's good to have some uh, change of scenery, some people to talk to. And uh, I I feel so happy that, uh, you know, even though we don't work together anymore, we can do this podcast and that, uh, you know, I, I feel like I've led a pretty blessed life. And I feel like this is part of the reason that I, I feel so blessed is being able to to do this every week with you. So thank you. Thank you. Right back. Cause anyway, I tell people all the time, one of the smartest people I know. <laughs> That's smart at some things, dumb at others. That's we're we're a good compliment to each other on the things that we're, that, that we're smart on and that we both need to work on. <laughs> so did you just call me dumb on the low? I I accept that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm trying to mean I'm dumb at the stuff that uh that you're smart at. <laughs> I accept that. My husband tells me all the time I'm about as dumb as a rock sometimes. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. But uh thank you everybody for listening. Uh we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Uh if you have questions, concerns, comments, anything at all, we would love to hear from you. And uh we will see you all next week. <laughs>